This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon and welcome to the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture today with me, Lim Su Ann, uh, Juliet Jacobs and Dashan Johan. So for our story today, well, Christmas is only a day away and with the festive season upon us, you might come across some rather adorable videos of people being surprised with pets as gifts, but... Is it a good idea? So we'll be speaking to someone part of a rescue and rehome network to find out why pets aren't presents, as well as um, to learn more about the work that they do to rescue street cats one at a time. Yes, and if you have any thoughts that you'd like to share with us, you can always tweet us at BFM Radio or you can send us a WhatsApp message at 018-789-8899 or, you know, just send us cute pictures of your pets. We always love that on Twitter. (laughs) So, yes, since Christmas is tomorrow and it's also the last Daily Digest segment of the year, we'll be doing a feel-good story by highlighting the work that the folks behind Allergic Rescuers KL do as well as get their thoughts on the issue with gifting pets during festive season or really any time of the year. Mm, and if you've not heard of them, um, just briefly uh, some background. Um, Allergic Rescuers KL is a network of nine individuals who work to rescue and rehome street cats uh, around our city centre of KL. They also do, uh, they also trap, ne- trap, neuter and return cats that they find in their own areas. And so these are felines that I guess are not particularly friendly with humans or suitable to bring into an indoor setting. So interestingly, they only started in 2018 and they've since rescued more than 400 130 cats as well as a few dogs and adopted out over 350 of them. Yes, and so if you have a look on their website or social media pages, you also notice that a lot of the cats they take in aren't in the pink of health and these range from smaller and more manageable health issues like eye infections or ringworm to serious cases like paralysis or cats that you know very sadly need amputations. And according to a write-up on the Rakyat Post, the group usually spend about 500 ringgit per rescue, which would involve medical checkups, vaccinations, um, medical care, as well as spay-neuter surgeries. Mm. And a small fun fact, you know, if you're wondering why they're called allergic rescuers, well, the founder of the group, Rosie Kim, is actually allergic to the animals that she rescues. (laughs) And in doing so, they found out that several of their team members are allergic (laughs) to cats as well. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So it's quite interesting to see, you know, um, the things that you love. (laughs) Um, don't exactly match well with you. So coming back to the work that they do, I think it's fair to say that it's not an easy job. Um, We can take a look down any street around Malaysia, you know, you, any neighbourhood, any city, you'll see a stray cat or a stray dog wandering around. Sometimes they're quite healthy, other times they're in horrible conditions. And we've heard the stories, you know, these strays are not always treated well by the public. Um, You know, just think of the times that we've heard cases of dog and cat abuse that have been reported in the news and these cases often cause outrage when it's reported but then it soon just disappears from our psyche until you know we hear of another case yeah and we don't have nationwide numbers on strays in malaysia but it's safe to say the numbers won't be low many municipal councils in malaysia also view strays as a problem and in some cases strays are caught uh, strays that are caught are euthanized in the if the pounds don't have the space to accommodate these animals and animal shelters also often struggle to find the space manpower and funds to take in more animals and then we have individuals trying to make make a change as well people like allergic rescuers are doing their bit 
to make a difference one cat at a time. Yes, and like we said earlier, we also want to talk to them about the problem with um, gifting pets because it's something that happens uh, every at every you know Christmas time perhaps. And this year, for those who do celebrate Christmas, gifts might be the only connection that you have with your friends and family because you might not be able to see them as you usually would. So if someone has been saying that they want a cat or a dog, you might think it's a good idea. And you'll probably think of all those videos you've seen before of people being happily surprised by a cat or a dog, but is it really a good idea? So, well, to talk about that as well, um, and also to talk about the work that they do at Allergic Rescuers KL, joining us via Zoom today is Ailing, who is part of the team. So welcome to the show, Ailing. Um, first of all, can you tell us more about the work that all of you do at Allergic Rescuers KL? So, okay, so let me try to give you in a nutshell what we do. So, Essentially, what we do is we rescue our street cats that are on our streets, basically KL, PJ, um, within, mostly within where we are staying and where we frequent. Mm -hmm. And then we get them uh, vetted, get them uh, checked by the vet. If they have any medical issues, we'll get them addressed. And then we get the um, cats who are of age spayed and neutered, and then um, we rehome them. That's essentially what we do with the street cats that we come across. And what made all nine of you decide to do this together as a concerted effort rather than going at it individually? Actually, I believe um, a lot of us, like uh, if not all of us, started out individually. Like for myself, uh, my focus is on trap neuter return of uh, stray cats. Um, essentially, what that means is, you know, I I go to I target an area, I trap all those the stray cats in that area, I get them spit neutered and then I release them back in the same area to uh, control the population there. So um, each of us have our own skills and um, we each have our own roles to play and then we take turns to, um, um, for example, do social media duties and like to be caseworkers for our rescuer, uh, rescue cats, sorry. And then we have a foster coordinator. So we have different roles that each of us play and um, somehow we got to know each other uh, through various um, channels, uh, social media events. And, and then we realized we had like similar values. We share similar values and um, a similar vision of helping these uh, stray cats. And then we decided to just come together under the Allergy Rescuers KL ban and then and work together to help more, more cats. So Eileen, rescuing and rehoming stray cats or even dogs is no small task, right? Every street you look, you'll most likely see a stray hanging around. So what drives you and the rest of the team to take on rescuing these cats? That's exactly what drives us. Like what exactly you said, like you walk down any street, anywhere, you, you can definitely bump into a stray cat or a dog. So we know we can't save them all, um, but... You know, we make a difference. We know that we make a difference to that one cat that we save. So this keeps, this drives us to keep on helping them. The most rewarding part is seeing our rescues doing well in their new homes uh, when their adopters keep us updated of their progress and when we see how much they are loved, that is the best reward. No matter how stressful and tired and frustrated we can be, that drives us, that, that really drives us when we see our rescues we are doing so well. 
So you also take on um, cats with serious medical issues or injuries. Like we mentioned earlier, you know, they're not always just slightly dirty from living on the streets. Um, but is that something you take on lightly when these may incur serious financial costs and uh, no, these, these animals may not be easily adoptable? Uh, of course, when, this, when we see cats in this condition, the first thing that comes to mind, you know, this is an urgent case because obviously it's injured and it's sick and it needs immediate medical attention. So we, we, we don't sit too long on this because obviously time is of essence. So if we do come across a case like this, we do take it in, we get it the medical attention, attention that is needed. And then we take it step by step. We get the cat um, um, into treatment, whatever treatment it's needed. And then we just monitor its progress. And if it's ready and hopefully it recovers, and then once, once it's ready, the, the vet has cleared it for adoption, then we start um, getting it ready for the uh, rehoming process. And is the work under allergic rescuers done on a voluntary basis? Oh, definitely. We are all pure volunteers. All this is done during our own time. Yes, like I have a full-time job and a lot of us do too as well. So we definitely have to juggle uh, between our work, our uh, personal commitments, family obligations. Like for myself, I, I do most of my uh, cat runs, as I call it, uh, on the weekends. So... I'm busy on the weekdays with work and weekends. I'm like super busy with all these cat runs. And like even nighttime, sometimes if, if need be, I will be out or we will be out like, you know, um, coordinating the meet and greets for rescues or even um, handling adoptions. So what are some of the biggest, biggest hurdles uh, you've had to deal with in doing rescue work? Um, I would say we all wish we had more time. <laughs> That's one one biggest challenge is balancing all uh, the the uh, rescue work um, amidst all our other obligations. But another thing, one other challenge is um, a lot of people think we are a, a shelter, and they expect us to uh, respond to every re- every request that um, that comes in. But actually, we can't if they tell us or uh, re- report to us that oh, I see this stray cat. Can you come and take? take it now or rescue it now so um, it's that misconception that 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 they think like we have the resources time money especially time um, that we can go out and rescue every single cat that 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 um, they report in and um, we do have a few cases where, where they are not too happy when we say we can't but in honesty we try to respond as much as we can but we cannot we cannot respond to all. That's the that's the biggest challenge also. And uh, it's frustrating and uh, that we have to say no to a lot of these requests back because we simply cannot take on so many cases because at any one time, we have about 40 cats in our network that uh, we need to rehome. So uh, yeah, we, we need to focus on our own cases before we take on new ones. Otherwise, we'll get overwhelmed and then we get burned out. Hmm. I mean, it sounds like very emotional, taxing, uh, emotionally taxing work. And I guess, you know, you're all humans as well, right? There's only so much that all of you can do. Yep, yep, exactly. So that's why we always encourage uh, uh, people when they come across a stray animal at this in need of help, um, that they themselves try to to do what they can to help. We are definitely um, more than happy to share uh, advice and tips of which vets to go to, um, uh, what should they do first, and uh, things like that. We are we are more than happy to share this, but we, we need more people to step up to do the work. 
And since it's now the festive season, this time of the year, you sometimes see videos of people being gifted kittens or puppies as pets, right? And, you know, is that a good idea, you know, for pets to be gifted? Uh, we actually we actually don't condone gifting animals as, uh, as uh, gifting animals as a gift because you know when you look at it right um, an animal is a living being so um, it needs to be cared for um, you know you need to take care of its expenses medical food and the upkeep and I I I, I like to. Um, liken it to having a child I, I know it's it's not the same thing but you know an animal depends on you um, for you to take care of it just like how a child does and it's defenseless against a lot of things just like a child is so it's very much alike to taking care of a child and it's not something there for cute for you to look at and then um, when it's when it let's say when it gets into trouble when it misbehaves and then oh you don't want to deal with it anymore kind of thing you know if you gift it to someone who's not ready to take care of this living being for, I don't know, a cat can live to like 15, 20 years, um, the cat is going to end up, you know, being neglected, abandoned, um, or just left out in the streets. That's how, that's how we see so many stray animals on our streets, yeah? So gifting um, uh, an animal as a present is not a good idea unless the recipient, I mean, is involved in the whole process. And he's fully on board and he's aware of what um, the responsibilities are in taking care of a pet. And sometimes it's also kids who are asking their parents for a pet, right? Is it important for parents to also talk to their kids about pet ownership before getting a pet for them as a gift? Almost definitely. I know kids always ask, always bug their parents. Well, I want a cat, I want a dog. But And then they'll, they'll, they'll say at the beginning that, you know, they'll take care of it. But in the end, um, you know, the, the, the novelty wears off and then the parent is the one who needs to take up the responsibility of doing all the work. Um, parents need to be aware of this. I know they want to teach the kids to be responsible and that, that's a very good idea, I mean, in taking care of a pet, but they need to, they need to know that um, if, the kid, if their kid doesn't step up to the responsibility, they will be the ones who will need to step up and take care of the pet. So it's very important for parents to be aware of that and also to be ready to take that on if the, the child doesn't take on the responsibility. And Eileen, I guess having a pet isn't simply about taking care about its daily needs, right? It's also a long-term financial commitment as well, isn't it? Yes, definitely. So um, you've got to you know think of the food, the medical, uh, um, the medical expenses and um, you know, it's like, us, you know, we, we don't know um, what what kind of um, uh, medical conditions we, which we, we might, you know, face later on in life. Same goes with our animals. And um, because their lifespan is shorter, you know, you have to plan for, you know, the eventuality of the animal getting older and it getting, um, you know, illnesses, which, which might eventually happen, like same with, with humans as well. So those are the things that need to be considered um, in the process of um, committing to get uh, a pet. All right. Circling back to what allergic rescuers do, what sort of support do you usually need? Um, fundraising is definitely one uh, because we, we operate um, solely on public donations. Uh, like, you know, we have our um, regular supporters who, who follow us on social media and who know us and um, know the cases that we take on and, and we've had... Um, 
some tough medical cases, and if it weren't for their for their support, um, we would have to bear a lot of these costs on our own. But so funds is one of it, and another another very very important aspect of our work is fosters, because our fosters help take care of our rescue cats temporarily while we find them homes. And the more fosters we get, the more cats we can help because um, as I mentioned, we don't have a shelter. So um, we rely a lot on our fosters to help us take care of our uh, rescue cats um, while, while they are in the process of finding a home. Each of us, we do foster as well, but there's only so many we can foster at one time, including our own cats. <laughs> and how can people reach out to you to get in touch? We are on Instagram and also Facebook. Um, just search for Allergic Rescuers KL and you'll be able to find us. All right. Thank you so much, Eileen. Uh, you just heard that from Eileen, who's a member of Allergic Rescuers KL, talking about um, the work that they do as well as why it's actually a bad idea to surprise someone with a pet as a gift, especially if they're not ready to take on the responsibility that comes with it. Um, I mean, Julia, I mean, we know you have three dogs and a, a tortoise <laughs> as well. I mean, I'm sure it's no small task to oh. take care of that many animals, right? It, Including your own kids as well. Good God, it's a zoo. Um, yeah, no, it is not easy. It is... A lot of responsibility, yes. It's a lot of financial, um, uh, you know, dependence. Uh, they're, they're big dogs, you know. They need a mm. lot of food. Um, and of course, they're going to be with you for a long time. I mean, that's what you hope, right? So you need to even plan for when they eventually get ill. You know, they're going to be old. They're going to get ill. There's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, costs for medication. All these things that you need to, to plan for as well. I mean, when I got my little turtle, which is now 25 years old. Um, wow. Yeah, you know, it was just a tiny <laughs> little thing, which has now grown. And she's still with me. And... You know, there's just costs. Like. There's just so many things. And not to mention the nurturing that you need to give them, the attention. So when I read like people giving them as a gift without checking, right? Mm. Oh, that just like warning signals go up everywhere, you know, because mm. it's, it's, it's a lifelong commitment for, for the pet. It might be even your lifelong. <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah, don't take it lightly. Yeah, I think people don't realise that, right? Because you, it's... Imagine, it's like how what Eileen mentioned earlier, right? It's like getting a baby. Imagine you Pretty open much. your your door one morning and there's a baby there. So it's, it's not just... <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> exactly. So there's a lot of work that goes into it that people don't... People just look at, oh, it's cute. You know, it's fun to have pets around. And I'm sure it is. Like I have had pets, but I... And mostly like I, I know that it's... I always tell that it's my parents' pets. You know, and the thing... And the reason is because when, when people ask me, oh, so you don't want pets, you don't like pets. It's not that... I don't like animals. It's because you realize that there's a lot of work that comes. It's like I look at what my parents do and all to take care of the pets, you know, my siblings and and all that. So and and I know for a fact that it's not something that I can take on. Mm, yeah. It's very responsible of you, and I hope and I wish more people were like that. Because again, don't forget for dogs, you need to walk them as well. Mm. You know, they need their exercise. They need uh, they need to be trained. You need to spay and neuter them. There's so many responsibilities yeah. that come along. It's with It's not just spending time with them when you feel like it. Exactly, you know, and, and, they, and, and they're needy as well. <laughs> children really <laughs> and I, I think that's the thing right because I remember when I was younger you know I had no pets growing up I think my aunt had a dog but visiting her house you know or seeing my neighbours what you see is well you go there the dog is kind of cute you know you have fun you play around for a bit and then you go home and that's it you think um, and I think that's the thing, right? For a lot of people, if you'd never had pets before, you think that, oh, that's it. You know, you just mm. spend some time playing with them. You just put food there, um, bring them to the doctors maybe. But you don't realise that, it, like you said, you know, it is a, it's a whole commitment. And it's a commitment for people that you live with as well. Because, <laughs> yes. it's um, you know, having a pet there is not just in your life, but it's in your 
parents' life, for example, or if you have housemates, it's in their life as well. And if you have people who are not fans of it, you can't just oh, adopt a pet and then two months later decide that I'll just leave it out on the street. Yeah, because that is that is irresponsible. Exactly, and I think that's the problem with people who give um or who want a, a pet as a gift, right? They're cute when they're a puppy, and then or a kitten, and then mm. you know once they've grown up, okay, I don't want to do I don't want to deal with this. And I've spoken to so many shelters where you know following a holiday season or whatever, they have a, a an uptick in mm. in um, animals being surrendered, and that's horrible. Okay. Um, so yeah, don't just don't do it lah. Yes, and, and that actually reminds me of I think earlier this year, like after Chinese New Year, we did a segment on Daily Digest about um people adopting. Hamsters because it's the year of the rat and people wanted yes, it because right. it was an auspicious symbol and then you know but then there were worries that well people are buying all these hamsters but are they going to be able to take care of them what happens mm-hmm. to them after and it, it applies during Christmas as well right if you want to get get them as gifts so even if you want to adopt it just because they look cute you know really have a good heart think about it plan your budget out as well. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't want to sound like, you know, you shouldn't, but I mean, think about the responsibility. But also, um, I guess my message would be uh, adopt, don't buy. Mm. I mean, all th- all of my pets are all, you know, strays that I found, you know, adopted um and they've been lovely, you know, mm. so much better than buying and um, yeah, adopt, don't buy. That is definitely yes. the message. And I guess on that note, you know, if you do want to adopt a cat of your own, you can look Allergic Rescuers up on Facebook and Instagram. Um, just search for Allergic Rescuers KL and you should be able to find them. You know, they're really nice people and, um, you know, they'll, they'll respond to you. So if you have any more thoughts you'd like to share with us or like Juliet mentioned at the start, you want to share, you know, your cute pet pictures, your dogs, your cats, your hamsters even, you can tweet us at BFM Radio. You can also WhatsApp us at 01 8789 So unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today's show. Um, you can look us up on Facebook at BFM The Bigger Picture if you want to get in touch with us. Um, and if you miss any part of this show, you can download the podcast. You can head over to our website, bfm.my slash daily digest. You can also look us up on the BFM app, um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You know, you have all the options available. And coming up after the 3 p.m. news, um, you'll hear another episode from this year's Georgetown Literary Festival. Um, the episode is called Road Trips of the Imagination. So it'll be featuring um, three guests, Joshua Kam, Arif uh, Rafhan and Adriana Nordin Manan. So you will catch that after the news. This has been the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.